Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, how are you and welcome to the Glover's Cast. I'm Ian and as ever I'm joined by Mr. Ben Barrett and Mr. David Coates. All right, gents, how are we doing? Hello. Good evening. Good morning. Good night. <laughs> good afternoon. Good day. Good day morning. to you, sirs. You've yeah. got, you've got every to... member of the audience in there. Absolutely, I've got you, got you all in whatever time zone. I can't do it in um, in different languages because I'm just not that bilingual. I'm afraid, but <laughs> be more than bilingual, wouldn't it? Yeah, it Mul- would be. multilingual. Yeah. yeah, multilingual. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn one. I'm gonna learn. One. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a really random nation. Learn how to Could, say hello in it. Can we request one? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, go on then. I would like to request. Um... I'll make a note of this. Uh, can you introduce? Right. So next podcast, you're on introduction yeah. duty, and I'd like you to introduce it, please, in Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> this could get very racist very quickly, couldn't it? If I start no. doing terrible accents, you don't have to do terrible accents. You just have to say the say the words. Could you do okay. it? I'd like you to do it in Tanzanian so that you could <laughs> topical. Nice. Um, talk to Ada Yusuf if ever you bump okay. into him. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to flip a coin. And then I'm going to work out which language is easier to speak. And I think Tanzania might come out top. <laughs> Probably. I've, I've heard the Japanese language spoken and it's very difficult. Maybe so, we should um, we should put yeah. it to a poll. And then, you know, <laughs> we, we, we like a poll. We've done a poll Listen, this week. I was going to say, we've, we've, we've had enough polls. Dan Walker won't be retweeting this poll, I guarantee you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. 
say Poland enough times and I'll have you doing it in Polish. It's becoming more yeah. and more applicable, isn't it? Yeah, just in case Artur Kuziak is listening or uh, Bartos. Can you tell Glover's cast listeners that we haven't had any football this week? Yeah. Can you tell? Is there anything that gives it away that we've kind of had to start off by joking about Dave's inability to talk in different languages? It's been one of those. The inability and more unwillingness up until this point. <laughs> Normally we're talking about how good was Tuesday night? Amazing. We won again. Yeah. Except we haven't played. Yeah. Rubbish, isn't it? Oli Hayes played. He did. Nice. England colleges. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hayes. Yeah, that's Do good. Do we claim him as ours or is he Yeovil colleges? Because he was representing the college. Therefore, really, he's now Yeovil college ultra. <laughs> um, he was on the, he's been on our bench. Yeah. I've, I've seen him come on against Taunton Town. There you go. I've seen him. Do you think? Do you think that uh, what was it? It was the English Colleges FA against the Independent Schools FA. Is that is that a derby? And it got to be fairly. Do you reckon there was like a rock outside? Is that like flares? Was there pyro? Is that like um like state school versus private school? I think oh, it might have been. Yeah. You've got to get one over on the poshies, haven't you? Wow. Three all. It finished, didn't it? Paid off the red. Yeah, got to definitely. Yeah, mummy and daddy bought the red. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of a cool thing, though. Regardless, fair play yeah. to him. Well played. Well done, Ollie. Yeah, well wearing done. number thirteen at left back as well, becoming a bit of a thing down at our place. So, how many points down were they? How many goals down were they for that? Oh no, it's just a bookable offence. Oh, okay. Right. Still starting nil nil, but it's a bookable offence. Played the whole game on a booking, so fair play. Brave, brave, but you know, <laughs> that's the things. Yeah. Did he play the whole game? Oh, I don't know. I've no idea. I just I haven't, oh, got right. any, <laughs> haven't got any evidence of that, of that he didn't. He definitely started. Yeah, he didn't score, did he? Because they were they were tweeting their scorers and he wasn't one of them. Well, he's was... left back. Yeah, well, you can still score from left back. Uh, it's true, you can. Yeah. <laughs> score from anywhere on the pitch, Ben. <laughs> you really have to, you have to work it for some points of the pitch, but you can score from anywhere. What else has happened? Darren Saar won Manager of the Month. He did. He looked delighted about it as well, didn't he? <laughs> kind of stood in the middle of the pitch like, what the fuck are you pointing that camera at me for? If ever there like was squinting a... Squinting uh, at Sam Collard. If ever there was like, there's an obligation for you to take this picture. <laughs> <laughs> that, that felt like it. Yeah. That, <laughs> Keep that, the sponsors that, on board. Yeah. But yeah, thoroughly well deserved. I think we can agree as well, given the uh, the form in the last month, the month of November. Absolutely unbeaten form, no less. Yeah. So that gives us a curse now, does it? Apparently so. No. no. Well, maybe Ben did a bit of digging, didn't you, Ben? And you found you found our distinct lack of manager of the month awards in the last yeah. like twenty odd years or however long. So I I could only find. Um, three, and then uh, Hugh Hugh, the legend that is, pointed out that there is a gap in the Wikipedia history. Heaven forbid there should be such thing as a gap in a Wikipedia history. And uh, there were two others. So we are up to five um, since the start of the EFL era. We think there might have been more sort of earlier in the conference years, but we do think that it was... Um, yeah, just the fifth time, and obviously that only covers two managers. So Gary Johnson has three, and Darren Sahl has two. 
uh, one from September 19. So, yeah, none from 2013, none from 2007. Neither of those years we got either. Of course, both those seasons we did get manager of the season, Slade and Johnson, uh, respectively, in League One. Hmm. But at no point did we get manager of the month. Slade get manager of the season, even though we didn't go up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Brussels Slade. Hey! (laughs) Yeah. The poll winner. Yeah. That was was good, though. Yeah. A big congratulations to Tim, wasn't it? Tim... Tim Ray, I think it was, uh, who uh, who came up there. Fifty percent of the vote, just edging out Ryan. No room at the Innis, and uh, streets ahead of Stephen Three Kingsley and Flavian <laughs> Jingle Belson. <laughs> I noticed that I, had to, was I a... had to pick those three because it was just getting stupid at the beginning of the year. I mean, you, know, you, you could have had a separate poll with um, Murr for you know just the... oh so many murs yeah Murta, <laughs> murphy jesus yeah there were there were a lot of them weren't there but I, I have to say the winner of the so bad it's good definitely goes to owain in a manger <laughs> judah jones <laughs> courtesy of ben barrett um yeah i did i did enjoy that one in fact, i've told that one to a couple of people claiming it as if it were my own <laughs> Listen to what I but just But no one knows who Wayne Tudor Jones is, so <laughs> it's a bit pointless. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well done. Uh, well, I say well done, Tim. I'm not sure if it is a well done, but there it's we go. It's very much a well done. Yeah. yeah. I always want to, when I see Tim Ray, I always want to sing his name to the Stingray theme tune. Um, <laughs> don't know Tim why. Tim Ray. Tim Ray. Right. I have one of those as well, because this week, as I've documented to you, fine gentlemen, I have had a, well, nearly had the chance to speak to Florin Maluda. Mm. And I um, always think about his name into the tune of Follow My Leader. Yes. I was literally about to sing that. Florin Maluda, Luda, Luda. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I can do it. And as soon as yep. I say his name, I do have to have a bit of a, <laughs> just, just, just 10 seconds to myself in my brain. Flora Maluda, Luda, Luda, Flora Maluda. So yes, well, would have been a good interview. That if he listens, it would have been a good interview. But unfortunately, his his Wi-Fi in Dubai is rubbish. So if yeah. he listens to this, he's definitely going to stand you up again. Yeah. More than likely, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we don't do Dubai in uh, don't do Dubai in Wi-Fi. We don't do Wi-Fi in Dubai. Do they? <laughs> but either way, <laughs> don't they? I see enough pictures from people over there. Yeah, exactly. People who live there. Of, people who live people there spending money on their five G. <laughs> People who live there like to tell the world that they live there, don't they? Um, that's one thing I've noticed. Um, like vegans. <laughs> uh, other news. The under-18s coach, Mark Challen, has confirmed that he's departed the club. So we're left with a hole in the under-18s, which is, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. What do it's we think? Hole. It's a hole, yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna fill that hole? Skiver does them all. Does everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It is absolutely crazy. Um, there is a there there is a, a young man by the name of Darren Way doing a half decent job at Plymouth <laughs> under 18s If he fancies a a switch in uh, in proceedings, coach has got all itchy all of a sudden. Oh, no, what? Itchy? Yeah. Oh, what? Because of Darren Way, mate. <laughs> he can walk into any Southwest Counties youth league team he wants, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a bit. It's a bit of a weird one. Mid-season, bit of a strange one, bit of a strange time. 
I didn't realize he'd been with the club for nine years as part of the uh, um, youth setup in one way, shape or another. So potentially, I don't know, feels like a bit of a loss. He's helped us in a couple of different ways. Obviously, Alfie Lloyd got us a few quid. Um, Toby Stevens, Ollie Haste, a couple of mini success stories coming out of the under 18. So that might end up being a little bit of a shame. Um, we're recording this prior to the, quote, gaffer's presser. And unfortunately, none of us are in attendance to ask Darren Saal if there has been any sort of appointment made in Mark Challen's uh, absence or since his departure and, and how they plan on doing with that. So um, if we find out anything, we will let you know. If somebody else asks that question, great. But we would have asked the question, but none of us are there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a lot more we can add, really, is it, really? <laughs> no. No, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I presume there's more than one coach, so there might be someone else stepping in on a short-term basis. But, yeah, that's uh, something to think about. We've got a fun game at the weekend, hopefully, um, before we... Yeah. Your football, yeah. Yeah, before we talk about FA Trophy and all of that jazz, what do we make of everything that's going on at the moment with the old... Covid and football, so, you know the games are being postponed left, right, and centre. In the trophy, there's forfeits going on where teams know they're not going to be able to play within what's the rule within five days. You have to be able to reschedule it, and they're not, you know, not able to do it because you have to isolate for however long. It all feels a bit. Um, what's the word? Well, it's sort of scary. It all is. It's a bit of a like deja vu, isn't it? It feels like we've been here before and. Um, we we well and truly have been here before in the FA Trophy last season. We fell foul to this rule, didn't we? With uh, Bournemouth, was it we were supposed to play? Mm-hmm. There, yeah, was, there was talk, and I remember sitting on this very podcast thinking, can we play on December the 23rd? Is that a thing? Can you play a Christmas Eve game? Do you want to play a Christmas Eve game on the FA Trophy against Bournemouth away? And trying to work out the dates of seven days, ten days. What are the rules? What's this? What's that? What kind of lockdown are we in? Who's been to what Christmas party and ate what cheese and wine and all the rest of it? And we were trying to do all of the uh, different maths and we couldn't do it. And in the end, we just pulled out. It was just easier to pull out. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that going on at time of recording. Um, four of Saturday's six Premier League games are off. More in the championship, Cardiff, Coventry, Millwall, um, QPR, Reading, Bolton, Burton. I mean, the list is pretty endless here. Gillingham, Lincoln, Chef Wednesday, Crawley, Northampton. I'll keep going. Swindon. <laughs> Just naming league, football league teams now. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the games involving those teams are off. Other teams are, I mean, Liverpool playing physically as we record, despite the fact that they're missing. Um, half a dozen recognisable first-team players. Van Dyke's out, isn't he? So that means they'll lose because they only ever win when he's there anyway, I think. Yeah, so it's... um, I don't know. I, I just said to you guys off air, I feel a little bit March 2020 about all this. Of, Is it wise? Is it wise that we're doing this? Is it wise that we're trying to fill stadiums up? Um, And I think about that about all things. Like, I think about, um, should we have the Ali Pali? crammed to the rafters with darts fans at the moment is that a thing should we have racetracks up and down the country crammed into um i don't know stands of of, of thousands of people i don't know is the honest answer um is the uh parisian chariot racing still on uh, i think so but that's fine because nobody goes so <laughs> it's just you just you <laughs> watching from uh from your yeah. back bedroom 
but it's it does feel a bit weird, doesn't it? I don't know. What what do you guys think? Should we be playing? Um, don't answer at once. <laughs> I th- I mean, having been to Hewish Park a few times this season, I mean it's going to be very easily if you're a sitter like I am, it's going to be very easily to stay socially distant. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing to stop you wearing a mask if you want. If you don't want to, you know, if you want to wear a mask and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, personally, I would feel pretty safe. I think watching you know watching us um i wouldn't i'm not planning to go to the bars anytime soon or you know getting any enclosed spaces but again you know until we know if this you know does it transmit differently like what's the you know what's the what the situation is with it all like properly it's hard to know you know it feels like it always takes a couple of weeks before we actually find out whether it's you know whether people are dying, whether people, you know, whether it's as serious as it could be. Um, I guess the criticisms from before, where we took our time to make a decision, or took our time to to like whatever lockdown or putting any measures in place. I think at least it feels like we've tried to do things a bit earlier and uh, uh, make those make those changes. But phew, I don't know. Just feel a bit depressed about it all, really. <laughs> mm. Yeah, me too. And I, 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 you know, you think about the knock-on effects. How many, how many Christmas parties have been cancelled? How many are going to get taken place in secret when they shouldn't be? Uh, how many <laughs> others are going to mean that, you know, places, good pubs, good facilities, good places that hire these that go that are booked in for staff and have ordered food and alcohol and stuff suddenly are having plans ripped up and money potentially wasted and you don't want that you want to avoid that with all all you possibly can do which so hopefully there's some help for those that are going to miss out because it's right that you try and keep public safety right and i don't know i i i have felt a bit weird about it all um over the past few days it is a bit weird it is a bit strange looking forward to getting an injection on sunday that's a strange feeling as well counting down the minutes um yeah so, yeah had mine this week how do you feel? Everyone, everyone's reporting that they're feeling naff after the third. You all right? Yeah, I was okay. Just oh, an good. achy arm. Oh, bit of an achy neck. I had a headache. Bit come of the on. <laughs> we had a headache come on this afternoon, but other than that, it's okay. The wife, on the other hand, was at like midnight last night, was shivering in bed like uncontrollably. And it woke me up, which is a bit annoying. But... Very yeah. inconvenient. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? Some... <laughs> Something to look forward to, though, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> not waking Ian up in bed. I mean, you're <laughs> just uh, this uncontrollably there. Yeah, it's fine. I'll take I'll, I'll take that for a day over <laughs> over some fancy over some fancy Rona. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. If you are going to Hewish Park, you're right. There's not going to be massive amounts of people. Um, if you are going to Hewish Park, just take it easy, will you? Wear your damn mask. Don't be silly about it. Wear your mask. Get your hand sanitized. Try and keep your distance and do what you can just to make everyone's life a bit easier. Just make me feel better. Make Uncle Ben feel better. <laughs> there's a there's a question though. Do we think it'll be on? I mean <sighs> I've said to you I'd be surprised. Yeah. But I just think you know, 
we're playing a team on the outskirts of London. Yeah, you know, London's rife with it, isn't it, it? It's it feels inevitable as always that the podcast will be out of date um, <laughs> by the time it's lunchtime tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it, it it wouldn't surprise me. It just it feels like the way it's going. And you know, I I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, it sounds like we've got measures in place based on what the manager said last mm. week at his press conference. Yeah. Um, you'd like to think we're going to be all good. I think with our squad depth as well, we can hardly have a, <laughs> any cases and that's it, isn't it, pretty much? Um, yeah, but- they said the, the Football League have said you've got our 14 players, including a goalkeeper, haven't you? Which, as several people pointed out, we've been doing that for weeks anyway. So <laughs> we're ahead of, ahead of the curve on that one. Yeah, so, you know, I, and then like the not football side of me, the more human side of me thinks, let's, you know, <laughs> try and have a Christmas and yeah, try yeah. and give, you know, we've got a lot of young players in this team. Like, maybe they sh- just should have a have a bit of a spell and, you know, actually have a Christmas <laughs> and not yeah. take any risks. It's, it's It's hard, isn't it? But, you know. They're in that job. That's football. Got to get on with it. If you know, if they have don't to. want Charlie Wakefield isolating in the Alex Stock Lounge on Christmas Day, do we? <laughs> no. You see him in the gaffer carving a Norfolk Black or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Norfolk Black or Norfolk Bronze? I can never remember. Two, maybe. Yeah. Depends how long you cook it for. <laughs> hey. Uh... He's here all week, folks. <laughs> Should we do some questions? Yeah, do you not want to talk about the actual football? Well, it's hard to know well, what to say. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you've talked. Yeah. So, listeners, we are. Ben has had a chat with a Woking fan that is pretty long and has gone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the gone. Chat's long. Surprisingly, <laughs> Ben talked a lot. Um, it's, it's difficult to believe. But, but it's did. wider. It's not just about Woking, <laughs> there's more stuff in there. So, what we're going to do is we're going to. Take your questions now, and then we'll close out the podcast with uh, Ben's chat with David David Richardson yep. of the non-league yeah. paper. I hope so. <laughs> and uh, the quiz will finish us off, but we'll do your, we'll do your questions first. Don't because... say the quiz so dismissively like that. <laughs> Sorry, this is that. That's what people wait around for the quiz. <laughs> people wait around to go. God, that Mike cleverly is terrible at that. <laughs> I have had a few messages saying I'd have won that, I'd have won that, I'd have won that, like every week. Mainly Everyone from, says it, everyone mainly, says it. Mainly from Rob in his thinking position. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah livid. Uh, okay, a question from Chris Angelo, Green and White Goals. Following on from a thread on the Cider Space Facebook page, the most colourful Yeovil 11. My favourite so far is Bronze and Gala. Not his. Uh, I suggest Chris Teal. That's that's nice. Chris, not me. No. Jordan Green. My mind immediately just goes to you're going to get you're going to say Jordan Green or someone Gold or Mateo. They're going to they're going to get banned, aren't they? Because you haven't changed the name. Is that the rules, Ben? Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe. I'm just trying to think if there's a way we can get orange or purple in because they are notoriously unrhymable. So I'm just trying to figure out very quickly whether or not they are available. Do you want to know the best one I came up with? Yes, please. 
<laughs> Terry Silverton. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was hoping would get points for being two colours in one, if tin can be a colour. I also had Russell Slate, but that was pretty poor as well. I don't mind that. I no. don't mind that. That's good. Well, we had Brussels we, Slate, didn't we? we? Stretching, which is unbeatable. We're stretching into like materials other than colours, I would say. <laughs> exactly. This isn't a pharaoh and ball like colour chart, is it? I, I'm going to say, I've got a... I've got a painted wall downstairs it's called mulberry burst so i'm willing to believe anything is a color now. <laughs> yeah darren mulberry burst <laughs> burst oh as in explosion yeah <laughs> but the only other ones i can think of were actual colors Wayne gray jake gray jordan green reese brown chris white tom white michael rose matthew rose golden mateo sunny blue low everton that's all i got okay I might have to leave that one with us for a couple of days. I feel <laughs> yeah. like I can... Uh... Get an orange and purple and you yeah. win. You win Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry Chinnock asks, what's your favourite moment in this calendar year for Yeovil Town? Oh, crikey. Can I say the 1-0 defeat to Stockport County on the last game of last season just because it was the last game of last season and it got the bloody thing over? Yeah, that was, that was yeah, that's, that's probably up there. Not if you're Lawson Diaz, though, because isn't that the game he got injured in? Oh, yeah. 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 No, so, yeah. Sorry, Lawson, if you're listening. Lawson Feliz Navidad, <laughs> give him his full name. <laughs> yeah. One for our international listeners there. Yeah. Wrexham was good. Yeah. You know what? Wrexham was yeah. Wrexham's high for me on a personal level because I was obviously able to be professional whilst I was there, uh, as well as just being one of those magical, magical games of football that was really bloody good. I've yeah, got to say as well. I'd say Wrexham Stockport. I've got to say I really enjoyed the Stevenage win. Um, personally, I thought that was good. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to look beyond that last game of the season just because it was the end of the season. There was the sort of celebration for Lee Collins as well and the, the flag on the away terrace and all of that um, was, you know, was all very cathartic. Um, and even the, the first game with fans where everyone stood up and clapped in the fourth minute, like, that was a hell of a moment. Um, but I would like to see the end of this year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The end of last season, the <laughs> yeah. end of this year, yeah. Yeah, as would the manager. Um, if you listened to his yeah. conference last week, the gaffer's presser. Uh, another one. For, okay, so Adam Skinner. <laughs> He's told me I have to ask this question. Skinner! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, two SAG meetings have taken place without supporter knowledge. No minutes have been released, minus the Glover's Trust comment. At such a critical time, is the SAG group in danger of being no longer fit for purpose? SAG being supporters the alliance, supporters group, alliance yeah. group. Yeah. Well, I would say that it wasn't just the Glover's Trust comment about, because Scott Priestnell told us about that meeting, the first SAG meeting in 1,400 and... <laughs> something odd words didn't he so uh he certainly gave us a, a rundown on on his view of it i i do think we do overstate the influence of the sag i mean these are i, I know these are people who who hear things but you know 
first. I mean, in the in the case of the last Supporters Alliance group meeting, I mean, uh, again, we haven't had this confirmed, but we are assuming that there was another Supporters Alliance meeting this week, as has been told. But if there's, as again, as we understand it, there was no Scott Priestnell there, then that basically just means there's a load of supporters sat around in a room talking to each other. I mean, how influential do we think that um, that body is going to be? I do think we maybe place a little bit too much um, significance on what is effectively a group of you know, volunteers and supporters as being these people who can suddenly um, create a great deal of influence. I mean, I do take the point about the fact that, um, you know, there could be quicker communication of what's being said, but equally in this democratic organization everything all, all the minutes have to be approved by everybody and that is never going to be a fast process um if there's people who are featuring those minutes who don't necessarily want it to get out there that quickly which i imagine is probably a part of the um uh, a part of the problem but um having never sat through one having never um you know really read any minutes um, of them. I know that some of them are available, but uh, I do think we overstate the significance of this group. It's not like they're the Freemasons or something like that. <laughs> the Free Ryan Masons. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe they all do funny handshakes under the table or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know what Freemasons do either. So. I'm thinking of that episode of The Simpsons where, uh, yeah. Yes. Skinner! <laughs> I mean, Adam's been to a That's meeting. I mean. He knows what they're about. Yeah. Um, yeah, come on, Adam. Why didn't you tell us about what was going on when you went to a meeting, Adam? Come on, come on, Adam. Bye. Um, I don't know about fit for purpose. I, I mean, I think um, it feels like it needs a direction. But like you said, I think there's too much weight on, especially with everything that's going on at the moment, there's a lot of weight on what happens at these things. Um, and the anticipation of what's going to come out of of them is, you know, it just heightens and heightens and heightens. So, you know, there's an easy way to stop putting pressure on your fellow supporters or not for people to do. There's an easy way to stop supporters getting pressured about this type of thing by just communicating what is happening <laughs> and not saying think anything did happen, though. Well, at this uh, at this latest meeting that there was this week. Well, the minutes will come out in due course. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm, but I, I mean, I'm sure they know, will. But it is it's been, just... you know, it, it, without the owner there, what's going to get yeah. said? Exactly. I mean, it comes back to the same point. Everybody's saying, "Well, these people should do this, and those people should do that." I tell you, you should do something. The owners, the Simul Sport Group, Glenn Collis, whoever else is talking to whoever, they should bloody do something. Yeah. Or tell us something, shouldn't they? I mean, that's who it goes back to, those people. Now, maybe they're not telling us anything because they're off doing something. But again, we, we can, we, all we can do is make assumption at the moment, isn't we? But I do think it goes back to, you know, should we really be claiming that, you know, the Disabled Supporters Association and the Green and Whites and the Glovers Trust and the Carey Glovers are these kind of miracle people who, by communicating with us, that, that's going to make everything different. The people who should be communicating with us are the people who have the power to make a difference. Um, and they, you know, I'm sure some of them probably love the fact that not focusing on, on them. Anyway. 
Sorry, Ben. I just... No, well, you're right. You're right. People, you know, <laughs> if you put out a statement that says I'm not going to... No one can do whatever in seven days and then the seven days yeah. goes by and you say nothing, what, <laughs> you know, what do people think is going to happen? Ben, anything sure. to add? Um, Not really. I, I, I do think that actually going forward once all this is done one way or the other i think there is an argument that says there should be something a little bit more i don't know whether you call it a constitutionally or you have a customer customer charter or a a supporters charter where if you are going to meet as groups however influential uninfluential you can be that you try and make things a tiny bit more official with regards to getting minutes and stuff out because does help and so if you said the secretary whoever is taking the notes and taking the minutes has 48 hours 72 hours pick whatever time frame you down well want to get the minutes out and we'll send them out and from that everyone's going to agree them well right so what i don't know i don't know but could you could you write it though so when you send them out within a further 48 hours of that point either you don't Either you come back or you don't. And if you don't do it within that 48-hour time period, you give up the right to make any edits or claim otherwise. And so then they are released with an addendum at the bottom saying, Kerry Glovers did not sign this, whatever it may be. The Disabled Supporters Association did not make any confirmation. But because the time has elapsed, they're released. I don't know. I really don't know. I think record them. Record them and put them out as they are. That's the only way that you'll get true transparency. And no, because if you do that, the House of Commons live. Yeah, then the owner. And we have a speaker. Then, then Ben be the speaker. Whoever's in charge can't just uh, say get the minutes to say whatever he wanted them to say. I want to see Ben Barrett at the top of the Alex Dockland pounding a gavel on the table, shouting order. Um. Let's move on to the Ian next question. All the papers at him. We need to move on to the next question because I've got to go and pick up a Chinese in a minute. Oh. <laughs> um, what are uh, crispy chili beef. Nice. Egg fried rice. Just, uh, yeah, some other stuff, whatever the wife wanted. Um, Philip Westlake asks, will, when will the club go into administration as the massive loan has to be paid back tomorrow? Or the finance company can take control of the club. Uh, we we well, we don't know anything about this particularly. We don't know that that's accurate. Um, <laughs> we have actually asked the questions, so yeah. um, we well, Ian's asked the questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, so don't, don't don't use the royal we. Don't don't bring <laughs> the lawsuit on all of us. This is <laughs> your doing. Yeah, I've asked you the take questions. Take the credit for doing the right thing. I'd say I've asked the questions. Hopefully, we'll get the answers. Um, if not. You know, I don't, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. <gasps> Nobody knows. Other sound than of me holding my breath. <laughs> the people in the rooms. Um, I'd be very surprised if a company that sponsors a football club that's <laughs> around the corner that we're going to be playing in a month's time would do something so egregious to a community club that they would take control of the football club it just doesn't it feels like a bit of a stretch to think that that would happen um 
but as again as as always if things were communicated properly and we had some clarification on these issues that supporters are concerned about it wouldn't go mad on social media every two weeks because there's a void of information and then when there is information it's oh i don't know why everybody's saying all these nasty things about me on social media <laughs> sorry that i've been told to sound funny. like uh, yeah. the chairman so uh, maybe maybe someone will think i'm actually him right ben right. do you want to give billing to your excellent there's interview there's one more question there's is there? one more question oh what's that yeah i haven't got it do you think it's possible Josh Neufeld will come back on loan once he's recovered from injury? If he didn't get injured, he would definitely be playing a higher level from Robin Batchelor. Do I think it's possible? Yes. Would I like it to happen? Yes. Did I answer that for the two of you as well? Yes, you did. Absolutely sorted. Give me, give me a second half of the season with a four of Wakefield, Knowles, Diath and Neufeld and I would snap your hand off. Oh, <laughs> take cover, Arizona. Right, Ben, plug your interview. And... Oh, one more thing I need to do first. I'm sorry, I know the Chinese is waiting. Um, <laughs> it's going to be cold. The, um, Barnet. The crispy brief is burned. <laughs> Efron Mason-Clark, as you know, got sent off and was definitely, definitely 100% going to have it overturned because it was never a red card. Like Liam can... McAlinden was going to yeah. have his overturned, yeah. Yeah, I can confirm they're both still suspended. Cheers, oh. Um Right, um... <laughs> I did have a conversation with uh, David Richardson of the non-league paper and who's a Woking fan. He's really looking forward to the game at the weekend in absolutely no way, shape or form. He is dreading it. Um, We're apparently going to win quite comfortably. Um, So I had a little chat with him just about the state of affairs in the National League at the moment. And uh, then we got into the game against Woking. Jamal Loza is going to be suspended for Woking and a couple of others are going to be missing and they're going to have a few problems as well. So... That is the next, apparently, half an hour. Apparently, I waffle. Who knows? Um, yeah, so enjoy that. And uh, then is it quiz time, lads? Yeah, Coatsy, give, give the quiz its proper billing. The quiz is Mr. Ed Turnbull, returning champion against the uh, his, uh, number one contender, Mr. Craig McCam. Listen to the end, folks. It's the best bit. Are you a Yeovil Town fan? Do you want to help shape the future of Yeovil Town Football Club? The Glovers Trust exists to give Yeovil Town fans a democratic voice in the running of the club. Our aim is to strengthen links between the club and the local community it serves and to engage with as many Yeovil supporters as possible. So join the trust today and together we can build a stronger Yeovil Town Football Club. To find out more and to become a member, visit glovers-trust.co.uk and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Joining me now on the Glovers cast is David Richardson from the non-league paper, but most importantly, ahead of the weekend's game, a Woking fan as well. David, how are you, sir? Hi, Ben. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, You've obviously got a a bit of an overall view of the National League situation as well, but it's a little bit of uh, a personal one as well when it comes to Woking as well. Tell us a a little bit, how long have you been a a Woking fan and what's it like being a Woking fan? (laughs) Yeah, I, I kind of quite like to keep that secret a little bit because um, 
well, when 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 they're doing badly, I think I'd like to keep it a secret. But also from yeah, from a general sort of non-league paper point of view, it's you know you can you can sometimes get accused of, of bias and things like that. But I never really sort of have a problem saying it sort of how it is when it when it comes to working or wherever they play. But no, I've probably been supporting the team for about ten or eleven years now. It's kind of how I got into non-league really. Um, sort of played for their um, centre of excellence and sort of academy setup and Ned sort of get you along to games to sort of ball boy so I did that and you know sort of very quickly um, you just sort of get hooked really like like any sort of football fan will say at that time waking were in the National League South so you know you're playing teams at that time like Basingstoke and Staines and Farnborough and you know you can you can easily get to these get to these get to these grounds and these clubs really and you know all of a sudden you're, you're basically going every week you know you start sort of making a few more friends on the terraces and things like that and yeah just like anyone else becomes a becomes a hobby really so yeah I just went from there I sort of volunteered to write match reports for the website and did some other things for the media team Twitter and filming games and stuff like that and yeah it just led on to sort of doing things for local papers and then non-league paper and then um, eventually sort of full-time for the non-league paper um, about four years ago so yeah that's uh, that's the story really but um, yeah I don't know it's uh, yeah it's 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 seen some interesting times at Woking, not like any other club. You know, it's, uh, the highs seem very high and the lows seem very low, um, and often there's not much in between. So, uh, Yeovil yeah, fans, Yeovil fans, fun will, anyway. fans will definitely appreciate that. It is either amazing or horrendous, and no in between. <laughs> Don't worry about that. We completely feel those pains. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the Woking game at the weekend and the FA Trophy, but first, just with your non-league paper hat on, really. Just looking at the season so far, we're almost approaching the half halfway stage now as we approach a busy Christmas period. What have you what have you made of the season so far? Has anyone surprised you, players, teams, or or what are you making of it? Is it shaping up how you kind of expected? Yeah, in a way it is, because you look at the probably the top ten or eleven and you kind of think, yeah, I've had sort of most of those teams in there. Maybe it, it's um sort of the way they are. Obviously, like Stockport, you'd expect them to have been be in the top three now um but I, I do really sort of think they'll they'll push on i saw them um, win at wieldstone a couple of weeks ago and they looked really good and then obviously they went and lost the talkie on the weekend which i thought wasn't wasn't expecting but i do do think they'll they'll get going and, and will come into the, the promotion picture but probably aside from that yeah it's all sort of the usual candidates really chesterfield uh wrexham are up there grimsby are, are in there as well i think Probably again, like I said, the the makeup of it, you, you know, you, you wouldn't really have had Bora with second, probably third. Um, you know, I think Pete Wilde at Halifax is doing a really, really good job um, with them because they just sort of seem to lose their sort of best players every year that he, he manages to replace them. Um, and, and the overall sneaked in there as well. I actually sort of looked at the, the league table today. I, mean, I knew you guys were, were in good form. Um, and obviously you've had that FA Cup run as well, but yeah, seeing that you were now above Stockport in, in the top ten, that sort of came as a as a real surprise. And I guess it just kind of does go to show if you can just put a few wins together at this sort of stage of the season, you can quickly make ground. Um, but yeah, I think probably generally the the National League is shaping up as, as as most people would would expect it. And I think, like I say, I think you'll see the sort of Grimsby Stockports really sort of start to push over. Um, 
you know, at the turn of the year and and towards the back end. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think for me, the, the biggest shock has probably been South End. They obviously spent a few quid in the summer and uh, they took Reese Murphy off of us and I thought they were going to really be right up there involved and yeah, there they are. They're sort of looking over their shoulders nervously. They're only out of the relegation zone on goal difference. It's been a it's been a strange one for them, but like I, I do agree with you. The teams that I think would be near the top are and the teams near the bottom are the ones we expected to be. Yeah, I think actually a uh, good point about Southend. Um, I think obviously the problem there is they had a manager that, you know, had no track record of non-league and, and the National League really. And I know that probably sounds a little bit sort of, I don't know, smug or sort of arrogant, really, when you're talking about Phil Brown, who was once a Premier League manager. But, you know, I think there is a lot to be said about a manager that's, you know, knows these sort of lower lower leagues and, and the players. I think, you know, he didn't recruit badly in, in, in terms of the likes of, um, you know, Josh Coulson, obviously won the league with Leighton Orient. Like I say, Reese Murphy as well, one of the sort of top strikers at, at this level. Um, but yeah, clearly, I think maybe when you get relegated, you do need to flush it out and, and bring in more of those experienced players who have done it at, um, at this level. Um, you know, but I would say, I mean, they're going to for sort of three relegations in a row. I mean, to do that, particularly with Dover on minus 12, you know, you have to, and only three relegation spots, you really do have to go some way to, to tumble out of this division with with respect when there's sides like sort of Kings Lynn and, and Weymouth and, um, you know, teams like that who are sort of new to the division and sort of still finding their feet. Um, you know, you have to sort of go some way when, you're, when your budget's over a million million pounds as well like South Enders. So yeah, that is that is a surprise. Obviously now they've got their new management team in in place they can, you know, start building towards the future and, and pushing on. But um, you know, that was similarly to as we've you know spoke about before we went on air with Yeovil's sort of off off field problems, you know, they've they've got more than their own problems with with their own shifting. So yeah, sort of a, a weird and sort of wonderful sort of division the National League really and you know a lot of people sort of say this year particularly it's you know even stronger with the the backing of Wrexham and Stockport and some of the players that are are ending up in this in this division Um, yeah certainly uh, another National League season probably like we've we've never seen before really and you you mentioned about the players that are at this level for every Paul Mullen and the Tushmanga there's a there's a Tavon Campbell and a Joe Quigley it's not all about the money is it and I think Yeovil and Woking might be two of those teams that are finding it I don't know slightly easier slightly pressure free to take on these clubs that have spent the money because they they're not expected to get results and yet sometimes are yeah that's right um I think probably for for Wogan at the moment, it's a little bit of a difficult situation because they've just moved full-time and they've got this three-year plan sort of under the new ownership to try and push into the Football League. And I think for this season, the target was sort of a top-half finish, mid sort of comfortable sort of mid-table. And obviously, at the moment, the form's not great, um, to say the least. And it's sort of been very sort of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. We haven't drawn a game yet. Um, sort of very inconsistent and you know some of the fans are sort of getting impatient now because obviously towards the back end of last year once we'd lost in the semi-final of the FA Trophy um, which was probably around sort of March time I think it was basically nothing to play for we couldn't get relegated and we weren't pushing for the playoffs or anywhere near that so all, all the costs were cut academy players played 
people put on furlough basically and the idea was was well we'll save a load of money and we can put that into next season um and we'll be going full time so we're going into this new era and there was a lot of positivity around the club in, in the summer but just feels recently obviously like any club when your results aren't going well on the pitch suddenly everything feels like it's going wrong um and there were people sort of at the back end of last season questioning whether Adam Dawson was sort of the man to take the club into this three-year plan, full-time football. Um, and you always got the feeling that if things didn't start well, then it would start to turn. And I think at the moment we're seeing it where it's turning. Um, and going into this month, obviously the Yeovil games on Saturday, Yeovil in great form, um, you know, really flying, bad time to be going down there. He already beat us, beat us down there as well. Um, and then we've got, and then we've got Aldershot over Christmas, which regardless of what form we're in, we always lose to them. Um, and obviously they're local rivals as well. So that won't go down with the fans. And we've also got Dover in between that. So, I mean, if there was to be a disaster over Christmas, it's not going to go down well. Um, you know, what I would say though is the board have, sort of through thick and thin, even last year, you know, backed Alan Dowson, um, you know, gave him a two-year contract during that sort of bad run and said, you know, you're our man. But I think, you know, if we, if results were to go badly over, you know, seriously badly, I'm talking, you know, a couple of defeats to Aldershot and not beating Dover or, you know, even losing all three or, or not winning any of the three, then, you know, serious questions then will, will start to get asked. Um, I, I think, like you say, it's sort of the, the beauty of kind of being a woke, you know, a Yeovil sort of in this division is when you come up against those big teams, it is a sort of free hit, but you can very quickly put losses together and it doesn't almost matter who you're playing when you're losing games. It's like, well, where's our next win coming from? And suddenly you're looking at an order shot in the Dover and order shot are in great form of sort of getting themselves out of trouble. You, you know, you start sort of panicking that you're going to slide down the vision. Division is sort of getting broad in this relegation now. I think that's what most working fans are sort of thinking at the moment. Because, you know, when we went down a few years ago, you know, we'd started really well. And then basically probably from sort of mid-November time, we just sort of fell off a, fell off a cliff and, and, and went down ultimately on the, on the final day of the season. So, um yeah, it's all yeah, not a great time really uh, at at waking at the moment, um, and that probably sort of contrasts, I imagine, with with your boys in the sense that you've sort of started a bit rocky, but now you're now you're flying and and things have worked out. And I I also think is it right sort of that you you know the budget's not sort of massive. I've been in sort of Darren Sells press conferences and for, before the FA Cup and sort of after the FA Cup. Um, and he was sort of saying that, you know, the squad's sort of threadbare and he sort of needs more players. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of room to to do much there. No, we basically, we, we haven't filled a bench in six weeks, maybe slightly less. Um, and that includes uh, a young lad called Ollie Haste who hasn't played at all yet. And he's, <laughs> he's ironically not available because he's on international duty with England colleges. So even he's not available. Um We've got, we have had a few injury problems. It looks as though the very worst of those injury problems are just starting to subside. Ruben Reed, obviously a vastly experienced player, mm-hmm. is back and, and we expect him to start actually on Saturday. Um, Mark Correct. Little, another, another hugely ex- experienced player, is, 
has got a football at his feet for the first time in months again and, and things like that. So hopefully sort of the very worst of that is behind us. But there's no question. We cannot continue the rest of the season with 14 fit outfield players. It isn't going to work. Um, so we will need investment. We will need some bodies more than anything. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely need to find somebody from somewhere. Anyone will do. Yeah, uh, yeah you know. that's right. <laughs> Just fill a bench would be nice. Yeah, that, that's the thing as well. Sort of these lone players you get in, sometimes you sort of get a gem and a sort of diamond. Mm. And other times, you know, you get little someone that, yeah, doesn't sort of work out and you're kind of sort of at the mercy of that. And, you know, I know Darren Sarr and Alan Dowson as well, you know, they go to these under-23 games. They obviously both have endless sort of contacts in the pro- the professional game and stuff like that. But, you know, when you sort of put these young players in, maybe in a, in, a, in a position like Woking where things aren't going well it's, it's difficult to to sort of find find form and yeah sometimes you sort of need a win out of nowhere really like I sort of feel like Woking's a little bit like that but um, yeah I'm not sure it should be should be an interesting one so do you think then with with your form and the bit of pressure and that sort of feeling of not knowing where your next win's going to come from and the pressure that may come from those Christmas fixtures does that make Friday a bit of a a pressure-free free hit where points aren't on offer. They can just relax a bit. And if you go out the FA Trophy, it's not great, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, like, like I said, I think probably um, the downside is when you have been losing, you kind of, doesn't matter what sort of fixture it is really, you just sort of want, want a win. So I think probably to lose another game, even if it is the FA Trophy, the, the third round you kind of think oh well we've lost again and it's like well if we're not pushing for the for like the playoffs or a decent league finish then like you kind of want like a trophy run just to keep the season alive in some capacity don't you? but if that goes then it's like well we're you know we're not in with a shout of sort of sneaking into the playoffs we're not in the trophy we didn't have a good FA Cup run everything sort of <laughs> everything's gone then so <laughs> I don't know you can probably look at it in, in, in both ways really um, yeah at the same time you think well you know if you can beat you know a good Yeovil side in, in good form then you know it gives you a little bit of confidence sort of out of nowhere but um, I wouldn't say it's sort of you know do or die this sort of fixture but yeah the sort of thought of losing another one at the moment um, yeah isn't great but I suppose yeah like I say expectations are low there won't be many Waking fans there at all I don't think having I mean, got down there earlier and 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 lost pretty uh, convincingly as well. So, yeah. Um, one know, thing, fingers fingers crossed for one there. One thing I noticed when looking through some of the fixtures and looking through some of the numbers, I'm surprised at how the goals have dried up. Tavon Campbell has obviously been your main goal scoring outlet, second top scorer in the league. I went on that incredible run of scoring yeah, that's right, twice yeah. in every game in a row for about four or five games. But recently, um, didn't score against Boreham Wood, didn't score against Solihull. They are a very good defensive unit, though. Um, just looking through some of the numbers, where where have the goals, how, how come the goals have dried up in the way that they have? Yeah, obviously, Campbell's, yeah, has been the main man. And there's sort of a thing amongst Woking fans recently where it's like, well, where would we be if, you know, we didn't have to have on Campbell? And it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of get the point you're making, but it's also like, where would Chesterfield be without Shamanga? Yeah. And you can probably say it for, for most sort of sides. I guess the worry is, is that in January, if someone from League Two or even this division comes in with a fairly decent offer, then, you know, you could end up with him going. And, um, and then, yeah, it does look like you're 
like a problem. Um, Max Kretschmar, I think it's probably somewhere in there of a few goals. He's sort of our penalty taker. They missed one um, the weekend just gone. Um, and, and he usually chips in. In the Effiong, you know, I, he always sort of looks a threat, but he hasn't hasn't really sort of found that consistent goal scoring for me. He only, um, I think he, he probably only has three or four. Um, and sort of beyond that, uh, striker George Oakley had got a bad injury fairly early on. So we're, we're quite light up, up front, really. We've brought in Louis Britton recently on loan. Um, but he's only been with the club maybe two games uh, so hasn't, hasn't had a lot of time but yeah aside from that it's pretty sparse sort of in the in the in the sort of goal scoring areas really up beyond sort of Tavon Campbell um, which again I think you know is, is the worry particularly when it seems like you're, you're conceding a fair amount of goals and also sort of conceding some so yeah um, yeah it's quite uh, sort of depressing really talking about all these thoughts <laughs> Well, let's let's really let's really dig the knife in then and talk about another one who, uh, Yeovil fans. There was something about Jamal Loza when he joined us that he kind of he had a bit about him, but it felt like he was a bit young, a bit small, and a bit it was a bit early in his career. He came on loan from Norwich, I think, um, mm. to us, and I kind of always remember thinking there's something about this lad, and then it never really manifesting. Am I right in thinking he's going to be suspended because of a red card? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's kicked out a solid hole player the other week, so I think he'll he'll be missing uh, from this one. But yeah, he's um, had a bit of a mixed season this year. I think he sort of started off the season with an injury, so it wasn't really sort of available. Um, and then because of the the formation working player, plays sort of three centre backs and and then wing backs, he doesn't suit that because he's sort of an out and out winger really. Um, so he's kind of found it difficult to to get into the team, um, and I think maybe when he has started a couple of the game, he, games, he sort of played up front in a two. Um, I, I do like him. He's sort of quite an exciting player. He gets sort of the, when he gets the ball at his feet, you sort of believe he's he's going to take on his his man and sort of get a shot off or get across him. It's it's just a, a little bit too inconsistent, really. That's that's the frustration. Like I suppose you can say that, that about a lot of players at this level, really. That you know, if they were a bit more consistent, then they wouldn't wouldn't be playing here. But you know, he's one that that Dowson likes. He, he we we did have him the year we went up in uh, National League South, and I think he moved. He then moved on to Kings Lynn. I think then scored twice against us. In, in a sort of turnaround victory for Kings in, and then sort of later on last season uh, we re-signed him for a fee I think having Kings in I think I think Kings Lynn had paid us a fee for him originally or something like that <laughs> um, so you know I think that Dawson does like him but yeah it's just like the frustration really sort of a, a sort of typical National League sort of winger really in terms of in, inconsistencies what kind of are you are you expecting changes for your team or are you expect have you not got many we are hoping that we're going to make three whole changes might swap the goalkeeper over type of thing because that's about all we could make um are you expecting the same sort of side or are you expecting a few to get rested um i think there could be uh, probably the difficulty in answering this is that for the game against Bournemouth wood on saturday i think um Dowson made five changes for that one um, including dropping uh, Captain Josh Casey, who is 
nicknamed by Dowson himself the son of Dows because he's basically played for him at Kingstonia and Hampton and Woke and been his captain sort of throughout that and has, and has basically played sort of every minute of every game that he's ever sort of worn a Woking shirt in really um, and probably at his former clubs as well. Uh, so that was sort of a surprise. He sort of changed another defender, Joe McNerney, because he sort of made a couple of mistakes against Solihull um, and sort of changed uh, a few other players as well. But the formation stayed with with three centre-backs. Um, a lot of the fans would, would like to see that ditch, really. I think some of the frustration as well around this sort of run and probably generally Dowson's sort of time in charge is that the football's fairly sort of straightforward and that... Um, you know, particularly this season, fans are sort of saying it's try not to lose rather than going out to try and win, particularly at home. And, you know, it's that old thing of like, you know, no one was really sort of complaining about three at the back when we were beating Chesterfield at home earlier in the season and also Dagenham. Um, and we also won it at Notts County as well. But then all of a sudden, you know, you start, start losing more games at home and, and it becomes a problem. Um, and again, the frustration from that as well comes in the sense that you're basically playing a formation where the likes of Loza, uh, Tyreek Johnson, um, you know, they're, they're wingers and, and basically don't sort of suit a, a three at the back formation. And, and it's like you almost sort of prepare to play 4-2-3-1 in the summer and through pre-season. And then, you know, after sort of a couple of games, that that got torn up and, you know, went to three at the back, got some success from it, to be fair, but that sort of stuck, um, you know, and I think probably in the National League, with it being a, a full-time league and the sort of difference between sides, one week you're sort of playing a Weymouth and the next you're playing a Notts County, I think you have to sort of adapt and, and change things. Um, I, thought, I thought we really took advantage of that, actually, in that game uh, a couple of months back. I thought it really gave our two attacking wide players, Knowles and Wakefield, just all the freedom in the room in behind the wingbacks to make things happen. It's how both of the goals came. I, I was surprised that he stuck with it for so long during the game because I thought it was our biggest outlet was having those two gaps where fullbacks would normally have otherwise been. I was very surprised. Yeah, and part of the problem comes from that Casey, um, as I mentioned, he's sort of an out and out left back, really. He's not a he's not a wing back. He's also played at sort of left centre half of the three, which also really given his size, I mean he's probably sort of five foot seven, well that's probably a bit harsh, five five foot nine, something like that. But you know, you can't really sort of have someone like that playing at, at centre back in, in, in this division. Um you know, but again, again, you know, four, four at the back, I, I don't know. It's sort of difficult when all of a sudden when you're conceding goals and everything, it seems like you you wouldn't want sort of any of the current group in the, in the back line, which I know sounds harsh to say, but it's sort of the, the truth when things are going badly, you sort of can't see the answer. You know, whatever you do seems, seems wrong. Um, so in terms of team team selection, yeah, I'm not sure what he's going with. I think F. Young uh, didn't start on... Saturday, um, although it looked like he came on and sort of influenced things, I think I would expect him maybe to start again alongside Campbell. And that's quite, kind of almost another problem that's that's happened in itself is that Tavon Campbell, um, you know, initially really everyone sort of looked at him as, as a winger um, and then he was sort of thrown up front with, with Effie on and just started banging the goals in. And it's kind of like, well, you can't 
not play him up front sort of in a two. He's, he's not going to be able to lead the line as by himself, but you don't want to put him out to the wing where he's not going to be in the positions where he's been scoring the goals he has. So that was sort of another problem, really, and probably the reason, another reason why this this three five two formation was was stuck with. So yeah, it's a it's a real sort of headache, and yeah, trying to predict what's what's going to happen on Saturday is is a pretty tough one. Um, that's for say, that's for sure. Well, that that was going to be my next question to fl- to fling it forward to Saturday and try and nail down some sort of prediction, but. Um, I'm not sure that's entirely going to be possible, to be honest with you. But what I am sensing is that the the confidence isn't great. And if you've got one team that are clearly going to be full of confidence and one team that aren't, it might be a difficult afternoon for you guys, especially away from home, no backing and support. It wouldn't be a great surprise if Yeovil did win. Who in that Woking side are going to try and rally the troops. Who, who, who are you over going to have to think about? Because I thought we nullified Max Kretschmar really quite well in that game again, uh, back at Hewish Park uh, back in October. Who are we going to have to worry about on Saturday? Because I'm not going to get you to try and predict the result. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> no, I think um, I think you're right in, in the sense that you have to keep Max Kretschmar quiet again. You know, he, he has, he's been um, really good this season. I've always liked him. He's sort of in his second spell at Woking, having initially... Um, being here under Gary Hill, where he just sort of had had too many injuries, really, and was in and out, and just couldn't get a decent run. But I liked him even then, and always thought he'd, he'd be back in the National League, if not the Football League, at some point. Um, I think there was a stat maybe a month or so ago that he ran 13 kilometres in a in a game, which uh, you know I think Dawson was sort of impressed with, and that's fairly sort of unusual, I think, for the National League players to do that. And he really sort of works hard. He's a very clever player. Um, you know, you can see sort of what, you know, he knows what he's doing kind of thing. He's a thinker sort of on on the pitch. Um, so you're going to have to, yeah, have to keep him, him quiet. Obviously, Campbell naturally as well. Um, and another frustration, I mean, as <laughs> I've gone, gone on and on about it, is that the set pieces, given that, um, so many of our players are massive. At least, you know, all of our centre halves are at least six foot three. You know, McNerney, Diara is about six foot five, six foot six. We've also got Rowan in. You know, it doesn't really seem that we're scoring many, many sort of goals from set pieces, really. And the frustration with, with the delivery into the area, really, is the, is the main thing. Um, but it is a threat. It is always sort of a threat, balls into the box and, and, and coping with that. But you know, I know Darren Sarr was speaking not too long ago about how well uh, the Oval defence dealt with Ben Tozer's long throw at Wrexham. So if you can deal with that, then I think you know, that that will stand you in good stead. Um, but no, Kretschmar, Campbell, yeah, dealing with set pieces and uh, yeah, you'll probably, probably be, be okay, really, if you can deal with those things. Well, I, I quite like the sound of that, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make you make a score prediction because I don't think that would be quite fair. Um, but... <laughs> Um, I am looking forward to the game, actually. We we kind of want a bit of a trophy run, I think. Um, I think we kind of want to get ourselves... I'd, I'd love to see us get something out of this season. I'm not sure if our squad's long enough and deep enough to put on a proper promotion charge. So I do wonder if we are in a position to say, actually, yeah, go on, let's have a day out at a final in, in, in the trophy. So um, I, think, I think we're going for it. But then again, we haven't really got much in the way of other options because we haven't yeah, got enough players. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. yes, I'm looking forward to seeing Ruben Reed start. I think he's going to get a good hour. 
if not slightly more, which would be which would be absolutely fantastic to see him back. I think we've missed him a little bit. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I hope you are as well, even if the keyword has been frustration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah, obviously, Woking have a deep history in, in the FA Trophy. Obviously, won it a few times. Um, got to the final as well in sort of 2005 or six, and lost to a very good Grays team. Um, yeah, obviously semi semi finalists last year uh, against Hereford, who, who ultimately lost in the final to Hornchurch. But um, yeah, probably the competition doesn't quite, sort of quite have the same impetus as it, as it probably once had in in, in non league. Maybe it's fair fair to say, but yeah. you know, a day out at, at Wembley, you know, I've never seen seen Woking play there. Um, you know, that's it's not to be sniffed at by any means really so it's sort of getting through these sort of early rounds hook or by crook and then suddenly when you're in the later stages of the cup it becomes quite real then doesn't it of what you might might be able to go on to and then then suddenly you see a few more sort of first team players and, and not fringe players in the starting lineup don't you but um, yeah yeah there you go that's football that is exactly right. It means a lot to us as well. It's been spoken about this week that uh, Terry Skiverton, who's our assistant, uh, was a manager and obviously was our captain for so long, loves this trophy. It was the trophy that he lifted back in 2002 that kick-started pretty much a decade of non-stop success for us. So it definitely means a lot to this football club. And uh, I hope, from my point of view, that we will start all again on Saturday afternoon. Dave, I, I really appreciate you taking the time on this evening to to chat about working in the situation in the, in the upcoming game on Saturday. I'd like to wish you the best of luck, but I wouldn't mean a word of it. <laughs> likewise, likewise. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me on, Ben. Yeah, really enjoy uh, having a chat. With, uh, yeah, I'll just come back on whenever you, whenever you may need me. Awesome. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Okay, so we're back for another week of the Glover's Cast Quiz and rejoining us this week after spending last week on the side of a mountain is our reigning champion, Mr. Ed Turnbull. Welcome back, Ed. Thank you. Good to be back. Back in the good country. I was going to say, yeah, and you made it uh, You made it down from wherever you were. That was uh, a long way yeah, to I go. Mean, just about, it was, it was a bit sketchy in France with all the COVID rules and stuff being brought in, but yeah. just about made it back. Just about made it back, just in time for Christmas. Lovely job. Well, yeah. I have to say, it is a long way to go to escape the clutches of Mr. Craig McCann after his probably annihilation, is the fair word to, to put it, of, uh, of Michael Cleverly. Welcome back, Craig. Evening, Will. Right. Okay. Well, it's uh, with no further ado, we've got two winners here. So I've uh, I've mixed this one up a little bit, and the uh, the, uh, the the theme of the quiz is going to be. I'm the boss. So all of these three players that I'm going to read out to you are former Yeovil players who have gone on to uh, have a role in management. One of them's a little bit tenuous, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it anyway. So Darren Way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is a little bit tenuous when it comes to management. Right. Okay. Are we ready for the first one, gents? Okay. Yep. I can see Ed is already writing down the ones he plays he can think of who are managers, but yeah, it won't be Darren Way, I promise you. I can't bring myself to do that. Okay. I was born in Glasgow in April 1978, but rather began my career at Motherwell rather than one of my home city's old firm side. Having been released, I joined Queen of the South 
aged 22, and made my name as a tough tackling defender. By the summer of 1999, I'd caught the eye of a number of Scottish Premier League sides and ended up signing for Aberdeen for what would rise to a £100,000 transfer fee. I spent four years with the Dons before arriving at Livingston uh, for the 2003-04 season when my form earned me a call-up to the Scotland national side for a friendly against Trinidad and Tobago. After just a year there, I joined Hearts, where I spent most of my time on the fringes of the squad and made a move south of the border in August 2006 to Bristol City. Having been brought to the Jamie club by... McAllister? Jamie McAllister is the right oh. answer. He was the slightly tenuous one because he's former... Kerala Blasters manager. Uh, yeah. He's a manager. He player manager, I think. Uh, yeah, player manager and Bristol City assistant manager, and now obviously Sunderland assistant manager. So yeah, that was the uh, that was the slightly tenuous one. Okay, right. Oh, one nil, one nil to Craig. Okay, this one could go quite quick. So be ready, be ready. As born in Merthyr Tydfil in July 1980, and having trained with Cardiff City, um, Gavin Williams. Yeah. Gavin Williams is the right answer. Yes, yeah. Told you that one could go far. I even I, I even put in here my first season with Yola as an inspirational figure, earning the nickname Super. Ah, oh, there you go. Super, <laughs> that one would have been a real giveaway. That, <laughs> that would have been a giveaway, but I never got that far. Gavin Williams is the right answer. Okay, one all. Right. Probably the trickiest one of the three, this one, I think. <clears throat> I was born in Plymouth in August 1977 and began my playing career with my hometown team in 1994-1995. When Argyle were relegated to the second division in 1998, I vowed to be part of the side which won them promotion. During my time in the bottom tier, I was in the Plymouth side, which lost 2-1 at Carlisle United on the final day of the season, when goalkeeper Jimmy Glass famously scored to save the Cumbrians from the drop. But in 2001-2, I stuck to my promise and captain Plymouth back uh, to the third division title with a record 102 points. And two seasons later, I was lifting silverware with them again, this time in Division 2 Championship. In the first season in the Championship in 2004-05, I finished top scorer with 13 goals, including a penalty in a 3-2 League Cup defeat at Hewish Park, where a Lee Johnson hat-trick sealed an extra-time win for Yeovil. I suffered a cruciate ligament injury in December 2006 and missed the rest of the season before returning from injury just in time for the return of Paul Sturrock as a manager. I would go on to score a penalty in what turned out to be my final game of that spell with Argyle in April 2008 and I was released at the end of the campaign. My next stop was Southampton in League One where I went on to make 36 appearances in, two, in the 2009-10 season. But having made just three appearances for the uh, for the Saints, sorry, having made just so is it Ryan Dixon? It's not Ryan Dixon. No, did you have a shout there, Craig? Paul Watton. Paul Watton is the right answer. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Yes, it was Paul Watton. I, I didn't I didn't quite get to him joining us to make his debut at Plymouth um, uh, for for Yeovil. Well, there we go. Uh, the yeah. champion has fallen. This is the, these are the rules. You don't go away yeah. to other countries for a week and then come back and expect but, to pick up where you left off. Fair enough. I'll, I'll take my medicine and run off with my tail between my legs. <laughs> there you go. Well, oh, well done, Craig. Thank you very much, mate. Well done. No, well, Ed, I, I think you get a place in the in the Hall of Fame. I think what was it? Four, five weeks in a row. I think I think four, and then yeah, fifth one I was away. 
fifth one you're away okay all right we'll make it four i think that's i think that's i think that's up there so craig's on two now so uh you know you've got three more before Mm. you uh, make it into the hall of fame we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call you back i'm not sure when we're recording next week because next thursday christmas eve isn't it but um i uh i I won't friday friday's christmas eve thursday's yeah oh the 23rd oh Maybe maybe I'll call you out into action for the 23rd of December then, Craig, unless uh, you've got any other plans. Righto. Okay. well, that's everything for this week, ladies and gentlemen. So we will leave you with that. And uh, yeah, join us again on Monday. Thanks very much. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.